This is Church Alive's teaching of the week. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. Here's the thing. I have a couple of questions for you this morning. Have you ever felt like that your back was against the wall? Maybe you felt like there was a no way out of your problem, and you were just at a place where you felt stuck. Well, maybe that's how you felt in 2023. Maybe that's how you're feeling right now. But let me tell you that we uh, we serve a God who is a waymaker. Uh, God is a waymaker this morning. That's what we're going to be talking about: is how God is able to make a way in your situation. Uh, just like he did for Moses and the Israelites. You know, funny story is uh, I was talking with a pastor friend of mine a couple of, about a month or so back, and he says, like, oh, yeah, New Year's Eve, that, that's going to be a message that it'll preach itself, you know, out with the old, in with the new. And, and that was kind of the direction I was going in. And about a week and a half ago, the Holy Spirit said, nope. I'm like, how in the world am I going to do a New Year's Eve message about the Red Sea? Well, we're getting ready to find out. But anyway, but God can make a way out of your situation, uh, maybe some bad circumstances you've been through. And here's what we know. Talked about Moses, the Israelites. We serve God to the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did back then, he will do it for you today. And so we're going to keep that in mind as we move forward. Now, we're not going to read the entire chapter of Exodus for the purpose of time. But I want to encourage you to go back and, and read that chapter at some point. Read the whole story about the parting of the Red Sea. Uh, but today we're going to talk about how God can deliver you from what you're facing. And again, he will make a way. Again, maybe in 2023, you felt like you were in a rut. You felt like you were stuck. Well, I feel God that wants you to know this morning that you don't have to be stuck. You don't have to be in that rut. And that there is a, a way moving forward into 2024. All right, we'll start Exodus chapter 14, verse 11. They, the Israelites, said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt, leave us alone, that, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Okay, the first part of this lesson is what not to do. Grumble and complaining. And that is something the Egyptians actually did, for, uh, not the Egyptians, the Israelites. Uh, actually, that's a pattern that they did for the next several years is grumble and complain. Uh, well, 40 years, uh, they continued to do that. Well, so our first point is this. When it comes to uh, what not to do, don't look back. Uh, we are not to look back because when you look back, well, that could trip you up a little bit. And if you notice that the Israelites, they, they wanted to look back. In fact, not only did they want to look back, they actually wanted to go back to Egypt where they came from. But we're to go forward. We need to go forward. You know, it's okay to reflect on where we've been. It's okay to reflect on what God has done in your life. But not to focus on the past. To focus on what's in front of us. You know, faith will take you forward, not backwards. Which kind of reminds me, uh, sort of reminds me of a recent series that we had here at Church Alive. Uh, Pastor Gene taught the series Forward in Faith. Well, as I'm thinking about uh, moving forward, I'm thinking about two very different sizes of glass in a vehicle. You have the windshield. that's pretty big. I would say way bigger than the rear view mirror. And there's a reason for that because the windshield is bigger. You want to make sure that you're seeing everything that's coming forward. Because here's the thing, if you focus on the rear view mirror... What's behind you? What's going to end up happening is if you're not looking forward and you're looking backwards the entire time, 
there's a good chance you're going to end up running into something. You're going to end up having a crash. And, uh, you know, and the side mirror, by the way, that side mirror can be a little deceiving as well. In fact, it's so deceiving that they even tell you it's deceiving by saying objects are closer than they appear. I mean, isn't that the truth right there? I mean, very, very deceiving. Well, it's in your past. If it's in your past, leave it in the past. That's where it belongs. You know, leave your dumb mistakes in the past. Uh, okay. How many people have made dumb mistakes in your life? I, I, okay, we have a couple of honest people. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, we definitely have our fair share of dumb mistakes. I have probably made more dumb mistakes in my life than I can even remember. Uh, in fact, I've probably forgotten more dumb mistakes. Uh, but here's an example of, uh, you know, it's good to leave what we have in the past. And sometimes now, when you leave it in the past, you do have a tendency to reap what you sow. So even though it's in the past, you might still be kind of paying for it today. I mean, for example, and this is probably not a good example, but say, for example, you robbed a bank. You go to jail, you spend a little bit of time in jail, and then uh, as you finally get out of jail, you've made restoration, you're, you've turned your life around, you're living forward. You're probably still on probation because of what you did, but you're moving forward. And you might have friends, you might have family that probably don't believe that you've changed, but you don't really, what you say probably doesn't matter too much to them. It's, it's your actions. It's, it's what you do. It's about being consistent. And that right there, or being that man, being that woman of your word, or another way of putting it, uh, walking in integrity. Which, by the way, that's moving forward, not focusing on your past. And uh, by the way, again, I know this is probably not a great example. And uh, let's just say that I, I didn't come up with that example because of uh, anyone that I know here that I know of. If you feel that I have uh, stepped on a toe this morning, just know that I did not know you were a bank robber. So just throwing it out there. So, But God wants us to learn from the past, not only, but he wants us to only glance at it uh, as we focus on go going forward. Because, uh, you know, so many times, uh, you know, we focus on the past and, you know, we focus on the negative, on the bad, the things that, that we do. And when we do that, we, we don't see the doors opening in front of us. You know, in, in fact, sometimes when we focus on the past, we have a tendency to focus. It may not even be something negative. I remember for us and for our lives, it was a situation of we went to a, a church many years ago, and we, we left that state, we moved, and we had a wonderful life group. And I know that we've shared this with our life group a couple of times, but I, I know that we, uh, in that situation, we moved, we got out of God's will, we went where we were not supposed to go. God was able to use that, which I'm very thankful for. But the amazing part about it is, is uh, as we started having those conversations about the past, we would talk about, you remember when our life group and we met this and we did this? And it was like, remember the good old days? And because we didn't have that where we were. But I'm here to tell you that God restores. Whatever you feel like that you have lost, God will bring that back to you. And, uh, and I'm here to tell you, our, we used to talk about how great our life group was back in the day. And uh, I'm telling you, our life group now, I'm so thankful for it. That's who we do life with. Yay. God has completely restored what we had, uh, and, and even then some. The bottom line is, when we focus too much on the past, we have a ten tendency to camp out on our mistakes. We have a tendency to camp out on the questions, what if? Those are not good questions. When you're in that camp, you'll live in guilt. You'll live in condemnation. 
you'll live in unforgiveness, and a lot of times that unforgiveness is even with yourself. Transparency time. You know, I have to admit that, you know, I, I have, again, made several mistakes. And part of those mistakes is, you know, there's things that I regret, you know, even within our marriage. Uh, several years ago, we were at a place in our marriage to where it was the question of, do we want to continue or are we going to part ways? Well, thanks be to God that that didn't happen. God was able to restore completely. I mean, Teresa would be so bored if I wasn't here. I mean, that, that's, let's face it. But, uh, but now that's, that, that's the deal. I mean, he wants to take your past and he wants to redeem it. He wants to restore what the enemy tries to take from you. There's many times I've made mistakes, even as a dad, that I still struggle with. If I'm not careful, even to this day, I'll struggle with regret. I'll struggle with, man, I wish I would have done that differently. And we have to remember we cannot camp out there because, again, condemnation, guilt, that is going to get all over you. You're going to be stuck there. And when, and when you're stuck in the past, when you're stuck in guilt and regret and the things that, that you're doing or you should have done differently, you're not going to be able to grow with God. You have to be able to move past the past. You have to be able to move past your regrets. And we're going to continue in Exodus 14. We're going to pick it back up in uh, verse Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. For the Lord will, and I love this part, in fact, I, I, I even underlined it, will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. All you have to do is be silent. Be quiet, shut your mouth. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what you know, God's saying. Just you know, don't, don't talk about it. So the number one thing we said, don't look back. Number two, God will fight for you. If you want God to fight for you, three easy but yet difficult things to do, according to this passage, uh, they're action statements, by the way. Number one, we saw in that passage, it said, fear not. Number two, we saw stand firm. And number three, we saw be silent. So we're going to focus on the first one just for a second. Fear, the definition of fear, I thought this was kind of interesting. The definition of fear is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. Or, I looked this one up, I thought this was kind of interesting. Fear is a paralyzer of mental action. It weakens both mind and body. You know, fear does things to you. Fear does mental things to you. It will weaken again both the mind and the body. And I don't know if you knew this or not. You probably do. But, you know, fear and faith, they can't coexist. They absolutely cannot coexist. If you fear something, here's a question you have to ask. If I'm scared of this or if I'm fearful of this, what in essence you're doing is you're basically saying, I'm fearful, so therefore I believe that God is not able to do it. That is not faith. Or that he won't do it for you. Now we're going to talk about stand firm for a minute. Stand firm. Definition of stand firm. If someone stands firm, they refuse to change your mind about something. Stand firm. Refuse to change your mind about something. I don't know about you, but I think we need some Christians that refuse to change your mind about the goodness of God. I think we need Christians who refuse to change their mind or to waver in the landscape that we currently live in. 
when it comes to the, uh, the country that we live in right now. Even right here in the city of McGee, we need to make sure that we're standing firm on what we believe and praying for incredible things, even right here in McGee. You don't have to look long, you don't have to look hard to find out that there's bad things happening in the world, and yes, there's even bad things happening right here in the city of McGee. You come across, you hear about gunshots, you hear about this, you hear about that. But a lot of people, what we do is we go to social media to talk about it. Are we talking to God about it? Are we praying about it? Are we giving it to God? Because that's, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to stand firm. I'm kind of getting off track a little bit here. But we're supposed to stand firm. We're supposed to believe that God can deliver us, even, even the city of McGee. That he can deliver the city of McGee from all the negative things happening. And when it comes to standing firm... You know, I had to quote a great theologian, Aaron Tippin. He said, you got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Okay, how many people actually know who Aaron Tippin is? Okay, we have a few country people in the house this morning. Because you, know, you don't want to be a puppet on a string. I mean, just, I mean, you don't want to do that right now. Okay, now, true question. How many people have the song in your head right now, right? Okay, all right, sorry about that. That's one that you will not hear Pastor Nolan do on a Sunday morning. Uh, but anyway, but okay, we're going to get to silent. Be silent. Here's another way of talking about silent. Silence provides a tranquil space that nurtures inner calmness and mental clarity, essential in fighting the stresses of everyday life. Fighting the stresses of everyday life. You know, the other important part of being silent, this is what I've learned, especially in prayer. If we're talking all the time, are we listening? If we are too busy moving our mouth all the time and we're not being silent, it's hard to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. So we need to make sure that we're being silent and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Well, we're going to continue on in Exodus 14. We're going to pick it back up in uh, verse 15. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so they will go in after them. And I, and I, this is God speaking, and I will get the glory over Pharaoh and all of his hosts, his chariots, and his horsemen. We're going to jump down to 21 real quick, again, for time purposes. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land. And the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the, the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on the left and to the right. The Egyptians pursued them. They went in after them into the middle of the sea, all of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And in the morning, watch, the Lord in the pillar of the fire and of the cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic. I will say the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud that is a very interesting, we're not going to go into that this morning, but uh, basically God blinded the Egyptians for a moment to where they didn't know. The Israelites were like right there. He put up like a barrier until they could escape. So God provided that first way out by hiding their eyes from it. Then he provided the way out by what he's beginning to do next by parting that Red Sea. He goes on a chapter in verse 25, clogging their chariot wheels. So they drove heavily, according to this version, or as I like to say, erratically, like you might see on 49. 
people driving erratically. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Now we're going to take another little uh, trail off for just a second. Speaking of the chariot wheels, I find this very, very interesting. Did you know that archaeologists actually found what they believe to be a chariot wheel at the bottom of the Red Sea? There's actually pictures of it. And this is fascinating. That Now, it's kind of hard to make out that it's a chariot wheel. There's coral and all sorts of things growing on it. But they left it where it was at so they could get pictures of it. Uh, but again, this is evidence that the, uh, the Red Sea experience really happened. You know, again, I'm not going to go into all the detail, but uh, fascinating. Google it sometime or go to YouTube and check it out. And uh, there's a video on it as well. Uh, but again, evidence to prove that the, the miracle really happened. And I heard about at a liberal university, there was a professor that was trying to disprove the miracle by simply saying it was about three inches of water. And he said, of course, this, they were able to cross because it's only three inches of water. And he had a student that was in the class that started saying, well, praise God, hallelujah. The professor looked at him like he had lost his mind. So it's like, why, why are you praising God for it? This was not a miracle. The student was like, yeah, it is. Because somehow God took that three inches of water and drowned all the Egyptians. So, I mean, that was, I mean, that's even a bigger miracle, so... Liberal universities trying to disprove God when science actually can prove that he's real and that these things really happen. Okay, anyway, back in Exodus 14, uh, this is uh, verse 26. And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea, that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hands over the sea, and the Red Sea returned to its normal course. When the morning appeared, and as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, all of the host of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained, but the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea. The waters being a wall to the right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power of the Lord used against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. So again, number one, don't look back. Number two, God will fight for you. Number three, we have to obey and trust God. We have to obey and trust God. We have to obey and trust God that he is going to deliver you from whatever situation that you're facing, whatever you're going through right now. And, you know, and sometimes, here's what we have to remember. Sometimes God will bring us to a point of desperation so it will become a point of dependence. I, I got to repeat that. Sometimes God will bring us to a point of desperation so it will become a point of dependence. You know, and here's the thing, God will get the glory in your situation. All you have to do is trust God. All you have to do is believe God and know that, and be silent, and know that he is going to deliver you from your situation. You know, remember at the beginning of this when I said, uh, you know, did you feel like you had your back against the wall or do you feel stuck in a situation? Well, God wants to unstick you this morning. You know, in fact, I feel the Holy Spirit as I was praying about this message and as we were getting ready, I felt the Holy Spirit saying, you don't have to be stuck. And this is for you. This is for me. We don't have to be stuck in our situation. We don't have to be where we feel that we're up against the wall. 
God wants to provide for your need, and in doing so, he will get the glory. Here's the amazing part about it. He will get the glory, not just for you, but he will get the glory for others to see. Because others, they, they may know what you're walking through. They may see the, the things that are happening. And when they see God deliver you, God's totally going to get the glory out of that. So again, fear not, stand firm, and be silent. And again, we need to pay attention. We need to be silent and listen for the Holy Spirit when he tells us to take that next step. We need to be active in our faith. Whatever obstacle is in front of us, we need to make sure that, uh, that we move forward because that obstacle that's in front of you, it will part. When you take that step of faith, just know that you're going to pass through on dry ground. Whatever it is that you're walking through this morning, take that step of faith and know that there's dry ground in front of you. And again, trust God, have faith. Let's talk about faith for just a brief second. Have faith. You know, the dictionary says it's complete trust or confidence in someone or something. We need to make sure that it's not someone or something. We need to make sure that we're putting our faith in Him, that we are trusting in God and we have our confidence in Him to know that all we have to do is have confidence and God will provide a way out. He will part whatever situation that you have facing you this morning. Also, Hebrews 11.1 1 talks about faith, probably one of my favorite faith verses. Now faith is, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You know, whenever you're facing an impossible situation, that's a perfect opportunity for God to show you how good he is. It's, a, it's an opportunity for God to show his character, his goodness, and his mercy. We, we've talked about that over and over again here at Church Alive, about how God is a good God, even through bad times, even through things that might feel like a huge struggle, God is still good. And he's been teaching me that more and more over the last year or so, that even in the middle of things that make no sense, God is still good. So whatever is holding you back, or whatever you feel that is putting you into that rut or stuck in a situation, you don't have to carry that with you into 2024. And I'm not talking about resolutions. Lord knows that I don't do resolutions because usually January 2nd, I've already blown it anyway. I'm talking about actually just putting your faith in God, going forward and knowing that if we put God in front of us, he will make a path. All we have to do is follow God, listen for his voice, trust him and be obedient. Biggest question I have for the morning, have you put your faith in God? Have you put your trust in Jesus? Biggest question this morning. All of this is great. All of this is wonderful. But if you have not put your trust in Jesus, it means nothing. We got to know that Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is life. And no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. So let's take a moment and if you have not made a decision to follow Jesus with your life, or maybe you made it years ago, but you've been on a path that doesn't look like what a Jesus follower should look like. Let's not go into a new year. Let's not start the new year 
not knowing where we'll be when we take our last breath. Let's start the new way, a fresh way, living for Jesus. Something else I want to ask this morning too. If you feel like that you've been stuck in a rut, if you feel that if you feel that uh, that you've been in a rut and you cannot move forward without the help of the Holy Spirit, without the help of God. If you feel like that you're in that rut, or if there's other things that you need prayer for, we want to pray over you. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the incredible year that you've given us for 2023. We thank you for the example of Moses and the Israelites being able to have that faith, even though they feared, to be able to put that to the side and to trust in you, to know that you made a way out. Because God, you are a way maker. Whatever situation, whatever we are walking through right now, God, whatever mountain, whatever sea is in front of us, you will make a way. And God, as we head into a brand new year, 2024, God, we're praying, we're believing for incredible things. And Father, I pray that you would just be with every person in this house this morning. Whatever junk that they have in their life that they need to lay down, that they would lay it down this morning to not carry it into a new year. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to Church of Life's Teaching of the Week. We invite you to join us for the Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 a.m. or learn more at churchalive.net.